Yes, and then yesterday, FB Schedules, which, by the way, is a really good website. We use it all the time on this show, so I don't mind giving them a little pub here. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, FB Schedules was the one that reported uh, uh, that Alabama had added Western Carolina. FBSchedules.com had learned. It's funny, later on in the story, they actually say, well, there's this guy named Mark Jennings on Twitter that reported this last summer, at Mark Jennings 55 <laughs> who tweets in all caps. So he's yelling at us all the time. Uh, but this Mark Jennings cat back in September reported this, so they eventually had to change their uh, sourcing. So according to Mark Jennings, Western Carolina is on Alabama's schedule. Surgery. Also, Mark Jennings did tweet in at yeah. Aaron Suttles. Shout out Mark Jennings. He tweets in, Aaron, it was my good friend, Pizza Dad! <laughs> what? It's all cats. <laughs> And that was Mark Jennings with the mention on Birmingham's top two sports talk radio shows. It's been about eight months since we last came at you with the Champs Corner podcast, but Mark Jennings has been breaking news left and right. There was the uh, exclusion of Ohio State from the National College football playoff. Uh, Mark broke the news of Colin Sexton going pro. And the biggest and the most surprising of all, the one that no one in the liberal media knew anything about, was the fact that Alabama was going to play Western Carolina in football in 2019. I'm Drew Champlin. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back with you guys. Uh, as you know, I'm no longer in the sports writing business full-time, but there's there's been a lot of demand for for the, the return of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. And and depending on the listeners and the and the support that we can get, we'll, we'll see if we can keep this going. But uh, uh, Mark Jennings, how you doing? Drew, I am so glad to be back on the podcast. You know, it's like the last eight months there's been a void in my life, you know. It's like when when your dog dies or something tragic happens to you. That's what I've been going through the last eight months. So it's just a joy and a pleasure to be able to come back on your podcast and be able to talk to you for a bit. And and I'm just happy for, for you. I'm happy for the listeners. I'm happy that I get to share information and share my expertise with the audience. And that's just something I live for. And I'm, I'm so excited to be back and be a part of it. Absolutely. And I know you've been very active on Twitter at Mark Jennings 55 or closing in on 2,000 followers, but I know that's not the most important thing to you, Mark. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about that Alabama-Western Carolina game. Back on, uh, I believe it was September 15th or 25th, I can't exactly remember, uh, you put out a tweet about that, and you didn't. I guess the only thing you didn't have was the location of the game, but I know you were still trying to confirm that, but uh, uh, nobody knew about it, and it was several months before anyone in the media actually re- reported it and it was listed on an fbschedules.com they do a great job of, of tracking stuff like that down and and when they were given reference to your twit uh they embedded it in the story and then ryan brown on on, on the jocks uh, the opening drive mentions it and i believe that's about it even though there are numerous outlets that cover alabama football mark what, what how did you break this news and what do you have to say about the uh i guess the lack of credibility in, in sourcing you in this in this issue well, Drew, I can't tell you how I came to that information. I don't want to burn my sources. You know, my source knew uh, Alabama's going to play Western Carolina. You know, Alabama likes to play these marquee neutral site games. So I wasn't sure if that was going to be the first game of the season, you know, put it on national TV or whatever. But I didn't know they were going to play. I didn't know when or, or where it's going to be. We know now it's going to be in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I'm just glad, again, you know, I'm glad to be able to share what information I have. You know, I get a whole lot of information that I can't share. So I get real excited and when I get some information I can share with the listeners and the people who follow me on, on Twitter. 
and I'm just glad to do that. You know, about the, the people who, who didn't credit me at first, I can't say I'm surprised. You know, what you said at the beginning of the podcast, the liberal media, they're not real honest with their sources. Sometimes they lack integrity. Uh, you see this all the time, and I wish I, I could stay away from it, and I wish I could say that it never happened to me, but it has, and I'm okay with it, Drew. It took me a while to get over it, but I'm not I'm, – I'm, I'm disappointed, of course, but but I can't really say I'm surprised. Luckily, as you mentioned, there are a couple of sources that did cite me, and I appreciate them for that. FB Schedules was one. Ryan Brown of uh, WJOX was another. And I'm, I'm so glad that they did that. That makes me feel good. I can't, I'm not going to – you know, my mama always said, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So I'm going to leave everybody else out of it for now. Yeah, uh, we, we heard from uh, – the second sound clip was from the three-man front show with Aaron Suttles and Cole Kublik. Uh, and Cole was asking you, uh, why are you screaming, Mark Jennings? And uh, it, seemed, it seemed to me like he was just screaming right there. So uh, I know you broke down a lot of film of, of Cole back in the day, and now he surfaced as a, uh, as a major uh, radio talk show host here in Birmingham. Well, I, I'm glad you said that. Jarrell wasn't going to say anything, but, um, you know – I thought it was a bit hypocritical on his part. You know, I, I like to think of back when it was breaking down Cole Kubelik's film back when he was in high school and he was opening up these big lanes for these running backs to go through. And that was happening. I wasn't giving credit to the running back. I was giving credit to Cole. And it's disappointing now that, it, the you know, when he's in the same opportunity to give me credit, he decides to denigrate and bring me down. And it's unfortunate that that's happened that way. And I hope that maybe he can turn his life around and become a better person and learn from this experience. I'm not sure that he has or he will, uh, but that's something I hope for, Drew, and I only hope for the best for Cole. And But he was really in the wrong here, and and I hope that so, he, he realized that. If he does it, someone brings that to his attention. Yeah, I think you will. Uh, I hope so, or maybe he can get you on, on his show again. I, I kind of feel like with us being back in the podcast world, it's going to open up more opportunities for you to come share your wealth and your expertise and your knowledge. Uh, before we kind of get back into your personal life again, why don't you tell everybody how they can find you? I know you've still got the same uh, Twitter and, and hopefully the same email address. I do have the same uh, Twitter and email address, Drew. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, my my Twitter is at Mark Jennings 55 at Mark Jennings 55. That's M-A-R-K-J-E-N-N-I-N-G-S 55. I love the number 55. It's the number I had when I was playing JV in high school. It's my favorite number. So that's where you can find me on the Twitter. If you want to find me on email, you can find me at MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. That's M-A-R-K Breaks, not break like a car, break like you break a glass. MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. You can find me there. You can find me on the Twitter. I love getting questions. I've been answering questions left and right on, on both uh, both forms of media, and I'm glad to do that for people. And, and, and one of the reasons I decided to come back on this podcast with you because I kept getting so many questions I thought might be, and instead of having to answer them over and over again, might be easier to answer on one podcast. So I, I'm, I love hearing from the fans and listeners and people who want some of my knowledge and and I'm I'm so glad to hear from them, and I'm, I'm I look forward to to more emails and tweets from them in the future. Absolutely, and on this welcome back podcast, we'll kind of catch up with you, see how you're doing, and then get the latest on Alabama and Auburn recruiting. We used to do them podcasts separately. Uh, our previous uh, podcast host site that's how they wanted us to do it, but 
we'll just go one at a time here and just catch you up on the latest news. We do plan on, you know, if we get the support and the listeners coming back with separate podcasts at the time, breaking down the up to up to the minute Alabama recruiting class and the uh, same for Auburn. We're not going to go through every single verbal pledge here. We're just going to go through some of the some of the most recent uh, bits of news, and because uh, it's going to be a big summer, it's been a big. You know, Alabama's off to a, some believe have them as the number one recruiting class. Auburn's a little bit further back, but they do have a five star committed in Owen Pepo, the linebacker from Grayson, Georgia. But uh, you know, enough about that. You know, we, Mark, you get a lot of messages asking how are, how are things in your personal life. Uh, do you still have the core the, the golf course? Uh, how's the wife and the baby doing? Uh, catch us up on the latest. Well, I have, I have even better news report on that front. Drew, it's the uh, my my wife. My wife's come back. Uh, you know, she she left me for a while, but then you know she was taking care of her CrossFit instructor, and the CrossFit instructor was paralyzed, and I think she got tired of taking care of him. So she's come back, and I get to see my son every once in a while. So that's nice. Uh, we you know he sleeps in a separate room for me, and I'm busy breaking down films. So I don't get to see him a whole bunch, uh, a few times a week. But when I do, I'm always glad to see him. Uh, and, and that's still the home for I'm also glad to announce, Drew, and this is the first time I'm letting it be public, uh, I decided to, to let this podcast be an opportunity to share it with everyone. Uh, I've been talking to my financial advisor about how I can expand my, my business empire. You know, I had the golf course still, and I, I think I found the perfect opportunity. It's really perfect for my wife because she gets to do something. I'm going to let her manage it and run, run it. I have uh, expanded my business into the future of ice cream. Drew, do you know about this? Uh, no, I, I'm not much of an ice cream guy, but why don't you tell me a little more? Maybe I will become one. Well, it's it's exciting new world. It's the future of ice cream. It's called Dippin' Dots. And the way it works is they don't have stores. They have little carts you can open up and go to different uh, sporting events and, and sell the Dippin' Dots. So we're going to start out with my wife. She's operating, are doing it now already, operating a Dippin' Dots cart. She was at the Senior PGA Tour event over the past weekend. Uh, if you went to that, I don't know if you did, you would have seen her. But we're going to do that and go and do some more stuff this summer. Uh, you know, we got big stuff coming up for Memorial Day and July the 4th. And then when the fall starts, football season starts, she'll be at the at a sporting event, wherever it is that week in Alabama or Auburn. And, and we're excited about it. You know, I, I know with my business acumen, it's going to expand. And when it does, she has an opportunity to run and manage all the Dippin' Dot carts, not just hers. So I'm excited about Excuse me, Drew, I lost you for a second. I'm excited about the opportunity for her, and I'm excited that she gets to have something to do now while I'm busy breaking down film. I don't know, maybe one day Marcus can grow up and have his own Dippin' Dots cart. Uh, I don't know what the legal requirements are there for that. Uh, but I'm something I'm looking forward to, and 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 it's going to be great. It's going to be it's going to be world class. It's the future of ice cream, and I, I I hope that next time you go to a sporting event, you stop by and say hello, maybe buy some buy some Dippin' Dots. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's been a few years since I had a dip and dot. I really love the Oreo flavor. Do y'all what, what flavors do you guys have? Drew, we got all the flavors. We got the Oreo. We got the cookies and cream. We got the vanilla chocolate strawberry. We got the the rainbow. Uh, I don't know what the official name is, but it's the rainbow. We got everything you'd ever want for uh, any type of flavor you could want in dip and dots. We have it. Absolutely, I'm sure. Did sales go real well at the uh, at the senior golf tournament? I, I didn't have a chance to go out to Greystone. 
It, it went beyond expectations, Drew. I didn't know that so many golf fans also love Dippin' Dots. You know, maybe we should think about Dippin' Dots sponsoring a, a, a golf tournament at some point. Uh, maybe have it at my course. I don't know. I'm talking way into the future here. But, but the golf, the patrons at the Senior PGA Tour event, the Regents Classic, they, they you know, we sold out. We By the end of the day, by the middle of the day Sunday, we were out. People were mad. They kept asking, why do we have more Dippin' Dots? Uh, I, you know, my poor wife, you know, she's sweet as a button. She didn't know what to tell her. But we're, we, learned, we learned our lesson. We're have more inventory for the next sporting event that we go to. And if it's a golf tournament, we're going to have to double up, apparently. And, uh, yeah, it, it went fantastic, Drew. Man, that's great to hear. It's uh, so great that you guys are into the latest technological advances regarding sweets and ice cream. Uh, is everything going well at your course? Have you had any uh, any big-time events lately, or is that uh, need to be still need to be kept under wraps? Uh, well, I can't I can't give out too much information. We did have the ladies the ladies scramble a couple weeks ago. Was uh you know teams of four four and one out and uh, and played and the winning score over over thirty six holes. It was uh, I believe it was plus thirty eight. So that went pretty well. We're excited about that. Uh, and that you know that's what's going on with the course. We still got people coming in all the time. Very popular. Summer's about to come on, so we're about to be hit big time. You know we got our. Uh, I'm not gonna. I told myself I wouldn't promote the golf course here, but we got the Twilight Special, of course, and we have all that going on. So everything's working great. At the golf course, too. I'm just really blessed by having so much uh, expertise in so many fields that I'm able to run a very successful golf course, and, and I'm lucky to be able to have that to be able to fund my my true passion, which of course you know is breaking down film. Absolutely. Let's shift into some basketball news, Alabama. You broke the news as soon as Alabama lost to Villanova in the NCAA tournament that Colin Sexton was going to announce for the NBA draft. He's projected to be a lottery pick, maybe even top 10, 8, depending on how he does in the combine. I mean, obviously, you already know the the strengths and weaknesses of these of these NBA draft prospects and, and, and the acumen of how these, these general managers and what their philosophies are. So who knows? But uh, what does that mean for Alabama? You know, obviously, they also lose Braxton Key, to transfer, he's going to Virginia, and they, but they bring uh, bring in Jared Harper, a freshman from Louisiana, probably going to be their point guard. Him and Avery, him, Avery Johnson Jr., maybe Dazon Ingram running the show. Uh, what, what do you you look at Alabama's basketball program and 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 the roster and all that? Uh, what, what's kind of your thoughts on it on, on Avery Johnson's program? Well, I think he's heading the right direction. I'm curious to see how they perform without Colin Sexton there. You know, sometimes you watch their games last year. Uh, it, it, they are all looking for Colin Sexton to do something. So it looks forward to who's going to step up this year. You know, I love Dante Hall. I love Dante Hall back when he was at Louverne and he was a senior. I thought he was greatly under-recruited. I thought he was a, a you know, a, a blue-blood program type of guy, and he certainly filled up that potential. Uh, what I'm looking for out of this team is to see how, how, as you mentioned, the guards step up. You know, last year I thought the Alabama win as, as Braxton Key and Dazon Ingram went. And now that Braxton Key's gone, Dajon Ingram's really had to step up. I think Herbert Jones needs to develop his game a little bit. He's a great defender. I'd like to see a little more on the offensive end from him this year. Uh, what I'm really looking forward to seeing, though, is is how Tevin Mack comes in and fits into the mold. Uh, you know, transfer from Texas, who's a fantastic player, as a freshman, ran into some legal problems, transferred to Alabama. I want to see what he could do. And, and he's not nobody can fill the Colin Sexton role. But I'm, I want to see how he fits in with everybody else and then they can really become a more cohesive team this year. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to seeing that uh, coming off the second-round NCAA tournament 
round of 32. Auburn, that's where they made it as well. They were SEC regular season co-champions with Tennessee, the one seed in the tournament. Uh, but before the season started, Chuck Pershing was arrested and charged in a bribery scheme. Uh, he could be facing some big jail time, and a lot of people thought Bruce Pearl wouldn't make it through the season. He's still around. Uh, he's got four players who have declared for the NBA draft who are testing the waters. Austin Wiley, who was ineligible all last year, same with uh, or Dan Joe Purify, was, was ineligible last year. He's coming back. I don't think he tested the waters. Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, and Mustafa Heron. So maybe those guys all come back. Uh, what's your What's your intel on the Bruce Pearl situation? Well, you know, I, I like Bruce. I think Bruce is a good guy. I think he makes mistakes at Tennessee. But once he makes some mistakes, you know, the NCAA is going to follow you and keep that eye on you. So uh, the way it is now, I, I think Bruce Pearl should be a little nervous. I think he caught a break with the athletic director hire, hiring someone from, from the University of Buffalo, someone not used to a big-time college program, and, and seeing how that's going to play out. I don't think that he's going to have the guts to fire Bruce if it comes to that. Uh, I'd be nervous if I were him. You know, who knows what the NCAA is going to do, what they're going to release next. Uh, but I, I'd be pretty nervous if I was Bruce. Absolutely. Do you think these guys are all? Do you think these guys are going to stay in the draft or come back? What's? Do you have any intel there? I, I wish I did. I wish I had some some more intel. To be honest with you, I expect most of them to come back. Uh, I, I don't think Austin Wiley is ever going to suit up in an Auburn jersey. To be honest with you, I think he's done. I think he's on the opportunity to go pro. And, you know, we talk about these guys going pro and they don't get drafted. What happens? Well, you know, even if they don't get drafted, they can still go play overseas or try to make an NBA team and still make a lot of money. So it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, you're going there playing in Greece or Spain or wherever, uh, one of those countries over there, and you're making $300,000 a year. That's not a bad deal. You should have left college if you can leave. You know, what's the point of going to college if you're going to leave and go make $300,000, right? So I, I, I don't think Austin Wiley is going to come back. I, I'm pretty sure the other ones will, but I can't say that with any 100% confirmation at this point. Uh, I don't think the players even know yet what they're going to do, so that's why I don't know. But we're just going to have to see how it turns out. Yeah. Well, going right along, Al- Auburn gets a transfer, uh, and his father, he's an Alabama legacy, Jamal Johnson, 6'4 guard from Memphis. He, Played there as a freshman under Tubby Smith out of Spain Park High School. In Hoover, he averaged 6.9 points a game, 3.3 rebounds a game, 1.1 assists per game. Uh, it wasn't really a high major recruit out of, at, coming out of high school. I think you a lot of big schools were mentioned with him early, but then he uh, maybe just kind of fell, fell off the map as far as the, the, the big-time programs a little bit. Alabama didn't really go after him that hard. Ends up at Memphis, you know, Pip chose Memphis over UAB, and then uh, – you hear that he's visiting Middle Tennessee, Charlotte, UAB, Louisiana Tech, I think it was, and all of a sudden he uh, announced his commitment to Auburn. So what's um, what's Auburn getting uh, with Jamal Johnson? He's going to have a, he's going to sit out this year and then have three to play beginning in 2019. He he's got some potential. He needs to develop that potential, I think, to be a to be a a really great SEC player. I, I think by the time his career is done. He's going to be a, a high-shot volume guy and be a lot of the Auburn offense. That's really because I don't think Bruce Pearl is going to be around uh, after this coming up season. And I think we're going to see a whole lot of roster uh, depletion coming up after this season. So I think he could be an asset in the future. I'm not sure if he's your leading scorer. That's a team that wins more than six games in the SEC, uh, to be real honest with you. So, you know, there's a reason his other his other schools, you mentioned Charlotte, UAB, La Tech, 
and then there's Auburn there in a big Power Five conference. So uh, I am I, I don't think he is he is a guy. He's not going to be a guy who's who's you know the team Auburn had this year. Jamal Johnson never going to be the best player on that type of team. Let me put it that way. Absolutely. When when you when you look at Jamal Johnson's game and you compare him to guys you've scouted in the past, does he remind you of anybody? He does, Drew. I'm glad you asked that. There's a guy who was a two-time 4A player of the year in the state of Alabama, went to Douglas High School uh, from around the Boaz area up in uh, Marshall County, I believe is where that is. Uh, went to college, had some moments in college. You know, he was never, he was never threatened to be all SEC or anything, but he played a role on the team. And that guy's name is Justin Jonas. Do you remember Justin Jonas, Drew? Yeah, absolutely. He started off his career in the SEC and – Eventually transferred to Birmingham Southern, but when they dropped uh, down to Division Three, he uh, ended up going to Troy and playing his last uh, year and a half. A uh, big-time three-point shooter, if I remember right. Yeah, he had, he was a hustle guy. You know, he had a lot of grit to him. Uh, you know, I believe he's coaching basketball now, so he got some smarts for the game. A real heady player, uh, and that's really the type of guy that uh, that Jamal Johnson is. You know, Jamal Johnson's Bucks kid, so he knows the game. Uh, maybe not the most physically talented player in the world, but you know he knows how to play the game. Absolutely, good player. Uh, maybe he can fill the nets like Justin Jonas did when he was at Douglas High School. Moving along to football, uh, the latest Alabama big time commit is a gentleman named Antonio Alfano from uh, Colonia, New Jersey. About six four, two eighty five, interior lineman, very athletic from what I could tell. Uh, Mark, what's Alabama getting with Antonio Alfano? Probably the best, easily the most athletic, and you said it, uh, athletic defensive tackle in, in this year's class or, or his class. Uh, I think he's, he's, you know, you look at defensive tackles these days, they don't raise them the way they do when we were coming up, Drew, or, or maybe maybe when I was coming up, I'm a little older than you are. Uh, you know, talking about guys who can do standing backflips, you know, you look at them on the film, you look at how quick he is. A guy that big shouldn't be able to move that fast, shouldn't be able to plug the run. You got to put two guys on. I'm sorry, Drew. I keep losing you. You got to put two guys on him when when he's when you're trying to block him. If he only put one, he's gonna mess up the whole play. He's that type of player. Uh, you know, I think he might be the best player in the class this year, regardless of position. Uh, you know, I first saw him when I was up there scouting Minka Fitzpatrick in 2014, and I passed along his name to some people, and that's really how he blew up. Uh, but enough about me. Uh, again, he's athletic, he's athletic enough to be a, a linebacker. Uh, just a fantastic football player. You, you know, he got some, some Italian in him. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to play in the game. We don't hear a lot of Italians on the defensive line, but, but that's not, he, that's neither here nor there. I just think he's a fantastic player and the best defensive tackle in his class. Absolutely. Does he remind you of anybody in particular? He does. Drew, he reminds me of the guy who I, I scouted back in the day out of Gonzalez, uh, Louisiana, went to East Ascension High School guy who who unfortunately had some injuries due to some dirty play in his college career, never had the pro career that he deserved. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Guy by the name of Glenn Dorsey. Do you remember Glenn Dorsey, Drew? Uh yeah, at at LSU, uh big time uh, big time defensive team. He was quite quite the beast in college until he uh kind of had to battle through some injuries when he got to the next level. That glad that Glenn Dorsey that Glenn Dorsey and even through those injuries, I believe he was the fifth pick in the NFL draft. 
overall. So we're talking about a guy, just a freak athlete, and this is the type of potential that Antonio Alfano has. And by the time Antonio Alfano ends his Alabama career, he's going to be a similar type of player to Glenn Dorsey. Absolutely. I think he's a big pickup from Alabama, top 40 national player. Could even be better than that when all is said and done in the recruiting rankings. I think he's going to be an early enrollee, but Antonio Alfano picks Alabama over Georgia and Penn State. So a big win, big recruiting win for, for Coach Nick Saban. Auburn's latest commitment uh, is Tyler Fromm, a six foot five tight end from Warner Rob- Robbins, Georgia. As you know, he is Jake Fromm, the starting quarterback at Georgia. It's his younger brother. So what is Auburn getting with Tyler Fromm? I got to be real honest with you here. I don't want to spend a lot of time on Tyler Fromm. I think if his last name was Smith or Jones, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You know, he's a six six five two twenty five tight end from Warner Robins, Georgia. Uh, to even play in the SEC, he's going to have to put a bunch of weight on. Uh, I, I, I don't see him right now. Uh, I just don't see him as a Division One player. I think he's a guy who's going to go to Auburn and transfer out in a place like Kennesaw State or West Georgia. Uh, so I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about Tyler Fromm. He has the opportunity to be a good player uh, at the maybe Division One AA or Division Two level, uh, just not going to be in the SEC. All right. Well, Albert did get a pretty massive commitment a few days before that in early May. Owen Pepo, the five-star linebacker from Grayson High School in Georgia. He, this is a guy who's been a starter since his freshman year at SEC offers, including all, Auburn before he played a varsity snap. So everybody who follows recruiting pretty heavily, especially in Georgia, has known who Owen Pepo is. And uh, he's about six six foot, 209. And uh, to be honest, that might have been as how big as he was two or three years ago. Uh, you remember this a lot more than I do, Mark, but he has qualified for the opening re- opening finals two years in a row. It's actually his third year he's going to go to it, the first time to ever do that. His spark rating, his combine testing there was the highest ever. So he's a freak athlete. This year the opening is at the Star in Frisco, Texas. But that's, you know, uh, what is Auburn getting with Owen Papo, Mark? Well, you talked it. You said it. I mean, this is a guy who's been an all-star since his freshman season. Been on everybody's radar. Every college in the country wants him. He, he's a fantastic prospect, and he deserves. I, I think he. I don't think he deserves to be the you know, highest-rated players in the country, but he's up there. I think as a guy, if you ranked him after their freshman year, he might be number one in the country. My concern is he's the same height and weight that he was when he was a freshman in high school, so he's quit growing. Uh, and he's a little smallish as a linebacker at only six feet. Uh, to be honest, with you, I think subscription sites, you know, the subscription sites, the ones, you know, just take your money. Uh, they, I think they've overhyped him a little bit and, and maybe overmeasured him because I was watching play. I don't, I don't see a six foot tall guy out there. Um, so that's a little concern. He's a, he's a great athlete, however, uh, and so he might be able to make up for his height with his athleticism. Uh, that that's that's a little concern. But the high school level, he's a great run stopper. He actually reads the pass really well as a linebacker. I, again, I am just concerned that he's not getting any bigger, and that's a problem. Now, I say that, and, and and you know, there have been smallest linebackers before, and that's why when I compare him to a guy, you know, you look at guys who are smallish, not a type of athleticism, and I'm using the guy here that had a lot of success in the NFL. Uh, wasn't nearly the type of recruit that, that Owen Papo was. He's out of, out of the state of Texas, went to Texas Tech. Guy by the name of Zach Thomas. Remember Zach Thomas, Drew? Yeah, out of Pampa High School. Uh, that that Zach Thomas? That, 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 I'm impressed you knew that, Drew, back in uh, Pampa High School. 
in, in Texas. He, he's that type of player. Uh, you know, whether he has or, or has the same, he's had the type of success Zach Thomas had in the NFL, I'm not sure. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. Now, one good thing I do like about this commitment for Auburn, while well, I like him, he's a good player. Uh, he's going to bring some highly ranked guys with him and really boost Auburn's subscription site rating because you know how important those are. So, like Andrew Booth is a cornerback from Archer High near Atlanta. He's a good player. Uh, we'll talk about him in a future podcast, but right now I'm, uh, I think he's a good player, Owen Papo. I'm just pumping the brakes a little bit as him being the next you know, Lawrence Taylor or whatever. Absolutely. It's, a, it's as good of a breakdown as you're going to get right there. Hey, uh, we do have some questions, and uh, these guys all emailed markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com, or they tweeted at markjennings55. And uh, what we hear from Paul from Mountain Brook, and he asks, what are the differences between Jalen Armour Davis? He's a kid who signed with Alabama in February out of St. Paul's in Mobile. He's going to be a freshman this fall, defensive back, athlete, uh, a lot of people thought he's maybe the number two overall prospect this past year in Alabama behind Justin Ross. And then uh, Christian Williams, he's a cornerback who is currently committed to Alabama for the 2019 class. He's at a Daphne high school, and he's a kid you and I never did talk about on last year's podcast. Uh, really, really seemed like he must have zoomed up the ratings this year. Well, I like both of these players. They're different types of players. Some like Christian Williams are talking about a guy. He can play lockdown SEC corner. Uh, he's a guy with the hips and the acceleration, the agility to really do that and and and, and play that role. Jalen Armour Davis is, I think, he's more of a nickel safety, more, more of the star position in Coach Saban's defense, and, and he'll return some punch because he's he's he has that that tool in his toolbox. So we're talking about two guys who are playing the secondary, but they're really playing different positions back there. Yeah, with Christian Williams, I know we talked a lot about Jalen Armour Davis last year. What does Christian Williams does he remind you of anybody in particular? He does, Drew. I'm glad you asked that question. Reminds me of a guy out of Dacula, Georgia. Uh, good, good, great high school player. Had a really successful college career. Uh, made a few plays. Uh, won a bunch of games for him. A guy by the name of David Irons. You remember David Irons, Drew? Yeah, was that Kenny Irons' brother? It was, Drew. I'm really impressed in memory today. Him and Kenny Irons played together in high school, went to Auburn, played together there as brothers. And uh, it's weird to you know, look back how different players they were. Kenny, of course, is a fantastic running back. Uh, and David was, more, was a DB. But it, it's, a, it's a very athletic family. But when I look at uh, Christian Williams, I'm looking at a guy like David Irons. And he has a type of potential to have the same type of career David Irons did. Absolutely. Uh, Jerry from Opelika asks for an evaluation on Auburn commit Cordell Flott. He's a defensive back from Saraland High School. Uh, you know, I think he's listed as a corner. Do you see him being a cornerback in the SEC? Marco, what do you think about it, about Cordell Flott? Well, I, I went back and forth with this. So you know how much pride I take in my comparisons and how much time I put into him. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure that he's, uh, you know, he's listed at 6'1", 165, so obviously got put on a lot of weight. I'm not sure he's 6'1", to be honest with you. Uh, I, I question his athletic ability, his question to keep up with these all, you know, these SEC wide receivers that go to the NFL and go make Pro Bowls their rookie season. I'm not sure he can keep up with those guys. I think he's a more lower-level recruit, maybe maybe more a MAC program, uh, maybe like a Kent State or Ohio's Bowling Greens maybe. I think he's that type of recruit. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to give his ceiling as a player – and I'm not sure, I, I don't know if he can reach it, but, but you know, this is his ceiling as a player. 
His ceiling as a player is a guy out of the University of Georgia. Uh, played there a few years as a defensive captain a couple of times, I believe. Uh, guy named by the name of Will Muschamp. Do you remember Will Muschamp, Drew? Yeah, see the same Will Muschamp that's been a head coach in the SEC at a couple of different places. That Will Muschamp. That Will Muschamp, Drew. Even though you're out of the sports writing game, you still you're still on the ball with this type of information. So I really appreciate that. I know I know it's not your game anymore, and it's not what you do, but I do appreciate you staying on the ball. It's that Will Muschamp out of Rome, Georgia. Uh, went and walked on to the Georgia football team, uh, earned a spot, became a defensive captain. Uh, I think that that Cordell Flott had the same type of athletic ability as Will, as Will Muschamp does with some hard work and, and preparation, uh, he might be able to reach that that Will Muschamp level. Yeah, good. that's a good breakdown. And our final question, Greg from New Mexico asks, should Auburn pursue Clemson transfer quarterback Hunter Johnson? This is a former five-star recruit. Uh, we've talked about him on the podcast before a long time ago, and he announced today that he is transferring. He's originally out of Brownsburg, Indiana. So, uh Auburn's had some success, Mark. Do you think they should try to go after Hunter Johnson? Is he an SEC player? Well, Drew, let's get things some facts straight first. I never called him a five-star player. I said from day one he was a little overrated. Look at his film, you know, out of Brownsburg, Indiana. He's not going against the best competition. And I question his development at the high school level. And, and, and you know, he goes to a big-time program like Clemson. I, I didn't think he was going to be able to make it, and I was proven right again. Uh, as is want to happen. Uh, you know, my thoughts are you should always try to get as many arms as you can at quarterback because you never know what's going to happen. The light might come on for him and he can turn it on and, and become an all-SEC quarterback. I don't see it personally. Auburn, especially next year, has Bo Nix coming in. Uh, you know, I, I think Bo Nix is their guy. Uh, you could have some competition. Competition's always good. But if you're Hunter Johnson – and you're looking at where to go, you're probably not going to want to go to a place that has a, you know, a five-star QB prospect uh, coming in, sitting in front of you, especially with the last name of Knicks. And I think it's going to be tough for him. So I think Auburn should go after him. I'm just very, uh, very skeptical that he's going to end up at Auburn if Auburn does go after him. Absolutely. I think uh, it was reported that he may pursue a Big Ten school like a Purdue Northwestern type Maybe he's a better fit, Mark. Do you think that speed, uh, the speed of the Big Ten, would, or maybe the lack of speed in the Big Ten would, would suit Hunter Johnson's game a little bit more? Yeah, I think so. It may put him on a wide off. You mentioned Purdue, put a little more open offense like Purdue. That would be good. You know, I think he'd be good at Northwestern, too. I think that fits his skill level. Uh, you know, I'm real more disappointed the subscription sites had overhyped him. That wasn't fair to him from the get-go. And uh, But that's enough about subscription sites. You know how I feel about them, but – but I think he's a good player. I just don't see. It. I, I just don't see him. If he's the quarterback of your team, your team has a ceiling, and and that ceiling is 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 not making the college football playoffs. And I think that's that's every. If you're at Auburn, that's what you want to happen. Absolutely. Well, that's a great way to wrap up our first champs corner featuring Mark Jennings podcast over the last eight months. We hope to come back uh, to, to you guys, but. Uh, you know, if you, you sh- share the podcast with all your friends on social media, we don't have the vSport over the AL.com platform anymore. You know, if they know it's good for them, they'll, they'll be begging us to come back uh, based on the popularity. But, uh, yeah, just give us a listen. And, and our plan is to come back with separate breakdown posts of the Alabama and Auburn recruiting class and and then just go from there with some of the latest news. So uh, we do appreciate you guys listening and Mark Jennings. Once again, it was great tracking you down and getting back together with you for a podcast. Well, Drew, I gotta be honest with you. I've missed doing this. This is the best 
it's the best day of the year for me to be able to come back on your podcast. I really enjoy it, and and again, sharing information with your listeners. And thank you, thank you for having me on your podcast, Drew. I couldn't, I, I couldn't be prouder to be your co-host. Absolutely, we are done here, guys. Thanks for listening.